This morning's reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, and it can be found on page 965 in the church books. So bear with me as I fight my way through these names, beginning at the first verse. This is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, Judah the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar, Perez the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Aminadab, Aminadab the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Solomon, the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam, the father of Abijah. Abijah, the father of Asa. Asa, the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, the father of Jehoram, Jehoram the father of Uzziah, Uzziah the father of Jotham, Jotham the father of Ahaz, Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, Manasseh the father of Ammon, Ammon the father of Josiah, and Josiah the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel the father of Abihud, Abihud the father of Eliakim, Eliakim the father of Azor, Azor the father of Zadok, Zadok the father of Akim, Akim the father of Elihud, Elihud the father of Eleazar. Eleazar, the father of Mathan, Mathan, the father of Jacob, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Thus, there were 14 generations in all, from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile to Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Messiah. Hey, Steve, well done. Now let's pray together. Uh, Father, we pray you'd help us to uh, make some kind of sense of that as we come to it this morning. Actually, personally, I think it's brilliant. And we ask, Lord, please, that you would teach us from the Bible today for Jesus' sake. Well, if you came to our house for dinner, and the first thing I said was, um, I'd love to show you my family tree before we have dinner. Uh, and here is, in fact, my family tree or at least a small part of it. And, uh, uh, and if I said that to you, you'd probably think, well, uh, oh dear, we're in, for a, we're in for a rather boring evening, frankly. And uh, who do you think you are, in fact? Well, um, uh, the funny thing is, so that's exactly what Matthew does at the start of his gospel. It's, uh, it's bizarre. I mean, frankly, Matthew, I want to say, um, if you want someone to, um, to read this, why on earth would you start by telling this, uh, this family tree? 
And yet, that's exactly what he does. Now, um, quite a number of years ago, oops, there we are, Jesus, who do you think you are? That's what we're thinking about today. Now, a number of years ago, uh, I, was, uh, I did some things like write some books and stuff when I was doing youth work. And uh, I remember once um, uh, talking to a publisher, and he said, well, actually, what we do, when we get given, when we get sent a, um, uh, a book to see if we'll publish it, I look at the first page or maybe the first couple of pages. And once I've read that, then I know if I'm going to publish this or not. Well, frankly, if Matthew had sent this publisher uh, his gospel, it would never have been published, would it? I mean, it was not a great start, frankly. Um, and, uh, but it's, it's, it's just a whole long list of names. There are 47, including Jesus. And some of them we recognize, like Ruth in verse 5, like David, that's King David in verse 6, and Solomon and so on. But then you've got a whole bunch of other people, like Azor and, and Mathan. Mathan in verse 15, never heard of him, but actually he was Jesus' great-grandfather. Perhaps we should have heard of him. Or great, yes, yeah, great-grandfather. But generally, it's all rather boring. At least we find it all rather boring. Now, why is that? Why do we find it boring? The answer to that is, we find it boring because we're not Jewish. Because that's, that's the kind of thing that Jewish people did. If you were Jewish, you would find this absolutely fascinating. This is the kind of thing they did. So Josephus, who, who was a Jewish historian, ran about the same time as Jesus. Uh, he wrote an autobiography, and he began his autobiography by giving his genealogy just in the same way that Matthew does here about Jesus. Um, if you're a Jew, this is the most natural, dare I say it, even exciting, fascinating, and even essential way to start an account of someone's life. And this is Matthew writing, he's a Jew, and he's writing for Jewish people. So you've got to start with a genealogy, that's what you do. And uh, every Jew you'd ever met in those days would read Matthew 1 and they'd say, wow, I'm in. Get me a mug of coffee. Well, actually, I didn't have coffee in those days, did it be? But, uh, uh, you know, get me a seat, get me a mug of coffee. I'm hooked. I want to read this. So for Jewish people in his day, the, you could not get a better start. This would just drag people in. They'd want to read it. And uh, we have to remember, this is written 2,000 years ago for Jewish people. And it's Jesus' genealogy. Look in the first four words there. This is the genealogy, or literally, the genesis of Jesus Christ. This is where he came from, humanly speaking. And you can see in, chapter, in verse 17 there, at the end there, thus so, uh, it's got three chunks. Abraham to David, David to the exile in Babylon, and then from the exile to the Messiah. But the most important verse by far here is verse 1. This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And that gives us our three main points. Jesus, who do you think you are? Well, actually, Matthew tells us here. We're going to do them in reverse order. The son of Abraham, the son of David, the Messiah. And these, these uh, titles here mean things. So first of all, let's think about the son of Abraham. The son of Abraham. And that means God's blesser. God's blesser. The one through whom God intends to bless the world. There's probably no such word as blesser. But Jesus is the one through whom God intends and he does and he will bless the world. Jesus is God's blesser. 
That's what it means for Jesus to be the son of Abraham. Now, let me explain. Uh, we, we might, we're going to do a little bit of Bible chasing today. But in the book of Genesis, for instance, if you take a notes, chapter 12, verse 7, chapter 15, uh, verse 4, uh, God promises to Abraham that one of Abraham's physical descendants will be the one through whom the world is going to be blessed. And here, in Matthew chapter 1, he's tracing... Uh, Jesus' ancestry from Abraham. So he's saying, here starts Abraham, and you can work it out all the way down to Jesus. Because Jesus is the one, he's the son of Abraham, the physical descendant of Abraham. He is going to be the one through whom the world is blessed. And in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 16, we read this. The promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Scriptures not say and to seeds, meaning many people, but and to your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. So what he says there is, Jesus is the heir of Abraham who will communicate God's promised blessing to the world, who will be the channel through whom these blessings come. So... um, Think of an egg egg timer. Now, don't think of an egg timer. This is an egg timer without a bottom, all right? And actually, an egg timer without a top because it's filled up continuously. And the neck of the egg timer in the middle is Jesus. And so what happens is, and you can see whatever it is at the bottom, the sand or whatever at the bottom there, that is Jesus, that is God's blessings, So the blessings come from God through the neck, which is Jesus, and from there out to the entire world. Jesus is just like an egg timer in that respect. Uh, He is God's blesser, uh, which means we talk about God's blessing, not our earning it. So it means, for instance, that in terms of how we are, How we receive good things from God is not that we earn it, but is simply a blessing from God. Think of any way that God has blessed you, and it's through Jesus. Our salvation is through Jesus. Anything to do with anything in the physical world is through Jesus, because he is the agent of creation. He's the one through whom the world is created. Think of anything you enjoy, music, food, company, family, friends. They all come to us through Jesus. So we thank him. We take so many things for granted, don't we? I was just struck again last, uh, last Sunday evening. Um, I think it was. Like, uh, you know, things like water in the tap. Cold water. Hot water. You flush the loo. All those sorts of things. We just take them for granted, don't we? God promised Abraham that he would be the one through whom the world uh, would be blessed. One of his descendants, a physical descendants, the one through whom the world would be blessed, would receive God's blessings. That is all the blessings we enjoy today, but actually we're going to see the blessings are even more focused than that. So think of an egg timer and think and see there that actually Jesus is the son of Abraham, the fulfillment of the promise, the way that this world is blessed. So today, why not at the end of the service, praise God for all his blessings received through Jesus. Why not just pause, maybe as we're receiving communion, to pause and praise God that actually we have every blessing coming to us through Jesus. Jesus, who do you think you are?
Well, the second thing is, as he says here, Jesus is the son of Abraham. He is also the son of David. And that means he is God's ruler. Just as God promised Abraham that one of his physical descendants would be the one uh, through whom God would bless the world, God also promised David that one of his descendants, one of his physical descendants, would rule the world forever and ever. And Jesus is the ruler of the world. We read in Isaiah 11 and verse 1, it talks about the stump of Jesse. Jesse is David's dad. And through that that the world uh, would be ruled. Uh, we see here uh, that in Matthew 9:27 and 21:9 and various other references, for instance, but in Matthew 9:27, as Jesus went on from there, two blind men follow, followed him, calling out, "Have mercy on us, Son of David." They recognized his authority as the ruler and wanted him to have mercy on them. There are lots of other references, a number of other references in Matthew, where Jesus is called the son of David. But what does the son of David mean? Well, just simply that one of God's descend, one of uh, uh, David's descendants, a physical descendant, would be God's chosen ruler forever. And here, Matthew introduces his gospel and he said that this Jesus is the son of David. Just as he said, he is the son of Abraham. He is also the son of David. Now that's some claim, isn't it? For a little boy born in a shed 2,000 years ago. That he is the son of David. I thought it was very cute when uh, Prince George was born. And uh, when Prince William carried him out to the car, rather nervous, putting the car seat in the car in public. Um, But there you have uh, Prince George in his uh, car seat. I thought it was very cute. And uh, so what you have here is the king-to-be in a car seat. And on Christmas Day we have the king-to-be in a feeding trough. And the New Testament talks about Jesus uh, in a number of times. For instance, in Acts chapter 2, as the Spirit is given, the first ever Christian sermon, and in Acts chapter 2 and verse 20, uh, uh, Peter is preaching and he refers to Jesus as the son of David. Romans chapter 1 and verse 3, talking of Jesus, he talks about him, about a descendant of David, the son of David, the ruler And in uh, 2 Timothy chapter uh, 2 and verse 8, for instance, as we're thinking about God's ruler here, uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, the last letter that Paul wrote, and he says to Timothy, remember Jesus Christ descended from David, the ruler. Revelation 7, 17, a picture of heaven, talks about Jesus on the throne of heaven, the ruler. And Matthew starts his book here in his genealogy, this genesis of the son of David, God's ruler. Now, if you were Jewish and in Matthew's day and you read son of Abraham and son of David, you would know Matthew's claim. You would understand it immediately. You would know that he's saying, this boy, this man, Jesus, 
is God's blesser. And this boy, this man, Jesus, is God's ruler. Jesus is the one we've been waiting for. Jesus is the one we've been praying for. As God's people praying for 2,000 years for one to come. And you would sit up and take notice. No, you wouldn't. You would stand up and take notice. Because these are, these are not claims that you can just ignore. So imagine you're on the beach. Say you're on the, I'd say you're on the Atlantic coast of Portugal. Great sandy beaches. You're looking out to the Atlantic. And suddenly the water is sucked away off the beach. And then you look out and you see that sea is looking a bit strange. And then someone over there jumps up and shouts out, Tsunami! And they start running off to higher ground. And you think, yeah, actually I know. When a tsunami is coming, the water gets sucked out. Now what do you do? What do you do? And then you see the wave coming. It slows down. It can cross the Atlantic about the same, same speed as a jet. But when it gets near to land, it's down to about 30 miles an hour. But the wave height builds and builds and builds. Now what do you do? Do you turn over on, uh, on your towel and just get back to your novel? Do you just ignore it, carrying on digging a hole in the sand for your kids? Or do you run? Well, Matthew 1.1 is a tsunami. It's a tsunami warning. Jesus, son of Abraham, God's blesser, son of David, God's ruler. And he's saying it, you cannot ignore this. You really cannot ignore this. God's ruler is coming. And he will come back. And our eternity depends on what we do with him right now. But if that sounds quite scary, we need to see the third part as well. He's the son of Abraham, he's the son of David, and the third thing is to say that he is the Messiah, God's rescuer, God's promised rescuer. That's what Messiah means. It's a title, okay? I'm a, a rev, that's my title, but, uh, um, but my name is Phil. Jesus' title was Messiah. Christ, but his name is Jesus. And Jesus is the Messiah, the rescuer. The Jews have been looking, praying for, as we heard earlier on, for this rescuer, this saviour, this Messiah. And uh, Matthew repeats it here. It's in verse 1. It's at the end of verse 16. It's the end of verse 17. The Messiah. He is the focal point of all history. He is the one who gives meaning to everyone who came before him. And he is the one who gives meaning to everyone who comes after him. He gives meaning to our lives 2,000 years later. The rescuer. Not from Roman rule, as the Jews in his day were thinking, but the rescuer from sin and death and hell and a pointless life. And a rescuer from ourselves and judgment and so on. And we need rescuing. We've just had the 20th anniversary uh, of a rescue off the Shetlands. It was in November in 1997 when the uh, Green Lily, that's the name of the ship there, uh, went onto the rocks on the Shetlands. 
And they'd sent out, as you can see, a couple of lifeboats, and they managed to get some of the crew off, but many of the crew weren't prepared to, uh, to leave the ship until it was too late when they had to send in an air-sea rescue helicopter. And uh, the winchman, the guy on the end of the wire, was a guy called Billy Deacon. And uh, they got the, uh, the helicopter uh, over, and uh, the crew, unbelievably, came up onto the deck to be winched up to the helicopter, carrying their suitcases. And uh, Billy went down, and uh, he got all ten guys up to the helicopter, uh, and they were getting perilously close to the rocks, and then, um, uh, and then the, the winch cable from the helicopter snagged on the, the mast there on the ship, and they couldn't get it loose. And the helicopter was about to be dragged into the sea, and so they had to cut the cable. I didn't have another winch, and I didn't have another wire, and Billy was left down uh, on the green lily. And then a 50-foot wave swept him off. And the pilot of the helicopter said that he had never felt so hopeless in his life, so helpless in his life, as he looked down and saw Billy uh, repeatedly uh, taken against the side of the ship. And they found his body on the beach the next morning. Well, we've got here a rescue. The rescue of those sailors uh, cost a man his life. And our rescue cost a man his life as well. And Jesus, the son of Abraham, the son of David, the Messiah, gave his life for our rescue, took our place. He died for our rebellion against God that we might have life for all eternity. Wow, that is some Messiah, isn't it? That is an extraordinary son of David ruler, an extraordinary son of Abraham, a blesser, who came and died for you and for me. If you want to know more, keep coming. If you want to know more, you may well want to sign up for our Alpha in January. Do have a word of Tim or me after the service. But what kind of life does living with this son of David, son of Abraham, Messiah, mean? What does it mean to live under the rule of King David, King Jesus, King David's son, King Jesus? Well, just very briefly as a close, um, I just want to point out that there are five women in this genealogy. And I think they're very instructive because Matthew didn't have, any, have to have any women at all in his genealogy. In those days, women would have been completely ignored. They were goods and chattels, really. Terrible. And to have five in a genealogy is unheard of, and four of them are distinctly dodgy. That's even more unheard of. Why would you choose these? So in verse 3, for instance, there's uh, Mother, who's the mum of Perez and Zerah, the twins there. Uh, she was a deliberate seducer, an adulteress. She got pregnant with the twins. And it's there in Jesus' genealogy. Then you've got, in verse 5, you've got Rahab from Jericho, a prostitute. And then you've got, in verse 5 as well, Ruth. We know about Ruth, the Bible book Ruth, from Moab. And Moabites are really hated by Jewish people. And then in verse 6, not mentioned by name, but uh, Uriah's wife, Bathsheba, was a Hittite. And uh, David seduced her, got her pregnant, and arranged for her husband to be killed. This really isn't very promising. Why would you mention, you don't have to mention these people at all. 
You just don't have to put them in, Matthew. So why are you doing this? It feels a bit embarrassing. Well, I think this is telling us that in Christ, all the barriers come down. All the barriers come down. So I think it's just simply saying that uh, the Messiah, God's rescuer, but there's a rescuer who removes barriers. Barriers of gender. Barriers of gender come down in Christ. We're all one in Christ Jesus, neither male nor female. More than anyone in history, Jesus breaks down barriers of gender. Barriers of sin. The Messiah is the rescuer who rescues us from our sin and gives us a new life and by his spirit gives us and helps us uh, to change. And barriers of race. You can see that in these women. They're all foreigners. And Jesus removes all those barriers. He died for people of every race, of every land, of every tongue. And wherever you're from, and whatever your background, and whatever your struggles, and whoever you are, know this. God loves you. We love you. And you are welcome here. And isn't this just the kind of blesser and ruler and rescuer that we want? This is just simply wonderful. This is the genealogy, the genesis of Jesus, the Messiah, God's rescuer, the son of David, God's ruler, the son of Abraham, God's blesser, through whom all the barriers come down. Let's pray. Father, forgive us for those times when we've, uh, well, I guess I have, I guess we've all tempted to uh, just skip Matthew 1, thinking it's just a list of names. But Lord, thank you, it's so much more than that. And thank you, Lord, for this this list, these people, this showing how Jesus is the one promised to Abraham, the one promised to David, the Messiah, the Christ, the Rescuer. Lord, please help us to live for him, for your namesake.